Hello, everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be watching, listening to us from. My name is IoT, and this is another episode of the Home of Nigerian Football Podcast. Um, as always, I have a special guest, um, a player for the Super Falcons of Nigeria, and for another club that we are about to <laughs> we are about to find out about. I mean, last season she played her club football for Leicester City Women in the English uh, Women's Super League. I'm talking about Ashley Plumter. Ashley, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks. I like the introduction. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, so yeah, um, before we get into the football talk, I just want to ask how you're doing. You know, how's the family? How has the break been since the World Cup ended for us? Yeah, it's been really, really nice. I mean, I've been back home. I think we flew back on the 7th. So yeah, I've just had a lot of time, family and friends. I like, went actually, actually, as soon as I got home, I got really ill maybe just like a come down so I was ill for about a week um yeah wasn't getting out of bed for about three days so that was I feel like yeah just a come down of everything um but after that I've just kind of been with family seen friends um I've been into Leicester and like said like a proper goodbye to everybody um so yeah just like being around people that I care about and having more like quality time with the family that I don't normally get during season, which has been nice. Yeah, nice. That's that's good to hear. Sorry to hear about the illness. Um, <laughs> maybe it was just all the travel and the stress. You know, sometimes your body needs rest, which is not yeah. something that you get a lot of in football, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's why I felt it so much. It was like as soon as I got home, I was like, ah. <laughs> no, yeah. But good good to see you doing well now. Um, let's, let's talk about um, the World Cup a little bit, you know. Um, it was your first women's World Cup. I mean, you've yeah, someone that a lot of Nigerian fans have grown to love very quickly because, frankly, it hasn't been that long since you know you became a part of the team and you know you started um playing with us. Um, but for you, how did you feel to get called up to represent Nigeria at your first FIFA Women's World Cup? Yeah, it still feels surreal to say that like I've been to the World Cup because. Um, it was, wasn't something that when I first joined the team, it wasn't something that I'll be honest, it was never like, that's my aim. Um, for me, like, I think knowing that I was, when I joined the team, we were like preparing to try and get to AFCON with AFCON qualifiers and everything that was like, that was first in my mind. Um, and then like, I remember my dad was like, you know, you're going to your first major tournament, like senior major tournament. This was AFCON. And then you just kind of take it, you know, like one game at a time, trying to qualify for AFCON. Then you're at AFCON and you've got to, you know, try and qualify for the World Cup. And then when we qualify for the World Cup, I'm like, gosh, it's like actually real. And then even then, like even though you qualify for the World Cup, it doesn't mean you're guaranteed to go to the World Cup. So, um, yeah, I, I feel as if the World Cup isn't just like the five weeks we're away. It was pretty much like since I've been here, it's somehow it's almost been like a progression trying to like, almost like yeah. get there but for me it was never like um it was never really like a personal aim because obviously I've said to people before like join, joining the team was something that I wanted to do for me personally like what I could learn about being on the team and from a, like a something that's probably bigger than football is learning about my heritage and stuff so every experience I've had with the team has just been like something that I've really valued. And then obviously getting to represent Nigeria on the world stage is something that, yeah, when I first joined the team, I genuinely didn't think I was going to be able to do. But um, yeah, I just, I felt, honestly, I felt a lot of pride when I was 
um, when I was at the tournament, just like I genuinely felt like I was representing something bigger than myself. Uh, how could you not, you know, on the world stage? But um, yeah, it was an experience that, I, especially being my first World Cup, I I will remember for my my whole life. And I did while I was there. Every day I like wrote in a little diary so I would remember the experience. You know, it's something that I can oh, hold on to. So every day I can like reflect on, I can read back on every day on how I felt. You know, sometimes you have really tough days and sometimes you have good days. Um, but the overall experience is something that, yeah, honestly, I, I've just felt very privileged to be able to experience. No, I'm amazing to hear. I mean, the World Cup is something that um, footballers, male and female at all ages, they just dream, you know, growing up, it's one of those dreams that you have, you know, playing in the World Cup and for you to have been able to achieve it um, only a short while after joining the team, you know, it's, it's an amazing feat for sure. Um, about the qualification process, let me, let me ask you this. Um, the way it works in, you know, in Africa is you play in the WAFCON, you know, and then the top four teams qualify for the tournament. Do you, do you like that style or would you have preferred, you know, to play, you know, uh, a qualification phase, you know, like kind of like how the men do, where you have to play everyone in a group, you know, and then you may or may not qualify rather than playing in the tournament. And, you know, if you yeah. don't have a great tournament, then you miss out. Yeah, that's a good question. I've, um... I don't think I've ever been in a situation where it's been like that. So it was my first time experiencing something in that sense where, you know, you in a tour tournament football is obviously different than, you know, if you're just playing a home and away fixture, you know, a tournament yeah. in general, it's very like a high pressured. And I think, I guess that's what sometimes people forget is obviously as a team, we've been like way, way before I've been on the team, there's been a long standing like root of success for the team but like when you're at a tournament you do forget that you kind of have to like have the mindset of you're winning all the time you know so obviously we had group stages but then when it gets into knockouts and it's kind of you kind of see it at the world cup like for anybody football is a crazy game where on one day if you're not like up to standard you can lose to a team that you're not meant to lose to um yeah. you know so in that sense it's quite difficult but um, obviously when we had to play Cameroon and that was like the deciding factor of whether we were going to um, guarantee qualification or not, there's a lot riding on that, like one 90 minute game, you know, whether you go to a world cup or not. And you kind of, in the, to be fair, in the moment you have to try and like forget about that in a sense, because that kind of pressure can get kind of overwhelming. But um, to answer your question, I feel like, I don't know if I have a preference because I think both ways give you a different kind of experience. And I've, I actually kind of like, even though it was a lot of pressure, I actually liked being in a situation that I'd not been in before. Um, so yeah, I don't feel really strongly either way. I don't think. Okay. No, it makes sense. I, I just thought it was, you know, an interesting one because like you said, it just adds so much pressure to the WAFCON, you know, given the fact yeah. that it's also the um, World Cup qualifier. But I mean, glad we qualified. And now let's let's get into the talk about the, the tournament itself. Um, flying all the way to Australia. I mean, um, even if you're coming from Europe, it's a crazy time difference still. Was that something that bothered you at all? I mean, I know you had, you know, the team had like almost 10 to 12 days to, you know, adapt the, to the country. But just beforehand, is that something that felt like, oh, how would my family even watch the games, you know, or how would I communicate with people? Did you have any concerns about that? 
Um, yeah, I feel like before I left, I obviously looked at what time the games were. And luckily, it was only our first game against Canada where it was like 3.30 a.m. at home. So not many people watched it. I do. I have a friend in in America who, when I studied there, she would like come to every game and watch every game. And when um, I was playing, no matter what game it was, whether it was a group game or when we played England in the World Cup, like even if it was the middle of the, middle of the night, she'd be up with like a little Nigerian flag and stuff. So yeah, I, I can't say the same for my family and I didn't really expect them to stay up till 3 a.m. really, but um, yeah, I guess that is something that I did look at. But in terms of like getting accustomed, I think I dealt with it quite well because I was on a flight to Australia with Joe, with uh, Jennifer Echigini, yeah. and she just laughed at me because she was like, Ash, do you normally sleep this much? I was like, what do you mean? Because on the flight there, it was, I think it was 16 hours from London to Perth. And I slept 11 hours of that first flight. So I actually managed to get into the, I guess, the sleep cycle really well. Like when I got there, I think I only napped once on one of the first days. And then after that, um, yeah, I got accustomed really well. It was only when I came back that I struggled. But I also think, obviously, balancing jet lag and then I wasn't feeling that good either made it a bit difficult. But I think as well, it's the first time I've flown business class. So I think I was really like making the most of being able to lie down which is why it was so much easier for me to be able to fall asleep. Is that really the first time you flew business class? First time. And now it, I almost like, I appreciate going business class when you're going that far, but I almost, part of me wishes I didn't have it because now I'm like, how can I, you wanna... I want all the time. <laughs> but no, yeah. it was really nice. I, I definitely know that feeling. You don't, now you don't want to go back to economics. <laughs> Why why do you have to go through this struggle? <laughs> okay. Um okay, so before before the tournament, um I don't know how much you um check social media or even the Nigerian media to see what people are talking about. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not good, so I wouldn't even advise you to be on it that much. Um but um, a lot of Nigerians were complaining, you know, and I will say myself included, um, about the Super Falcons not having any friendly game, you know, before the tournament. As a as a player that was in that you know in that group in that system, was this something that bothered you? I mean, we've seen how the tournament went, so ultimately it wasn't like a big conversation anymore. But mm -hmm. before, were you hoping to have at least got one you know good game to play yourself? Yeah, we obviously had a couple in that year leading up to the World Cup. We had games against really good opposition um whether that was like the us japan you know we obviously played new zealand not that long before the world cup and all of those games are really good i think sometimes though it was difficult because we played the really good games but we didn't necessarily get like when you play games you always have to remember that before a game it's like a pre-match day and then the day after it's more of a recovery day so you actually miss out on training time and I think sometimes, like, there were some teams that got a lot of training in. And we played, like like I said, we played good matches. But I think sometimes there were other teams that probably had more training sessions than what we were able to have. So, obviously, we went to Australia two weeks before um, the World Cup. And then you always have to account for, like, every team does. But I think some t teams had training camps before they even went to the world cup you know so i finished my season with leicester 
And then I was training at home. Like I was training at Leicester when it was just like me and the physio and a, and a coach, you know, I was training by myself. And I think that's what a lot of our team had to do um, because we obviously weren't going until two weeks before. So we ended up just doing individual training, which is, yeah, different to being with a team and getting tactical information. But I think that's also, I think when I talk about what we were able to achieve in that tournament, like, yes, I know we've played really good games, but I think the way we were able to to perform based on having like probably less training sessions over the whole year than other teams, I think just goes to show like the amount of potential there really is in the squad, you know, yeah. going forward, what we can achieve with, you know, more time together, more things we're able to implement. So, um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, okay. Let, let's, let's move forward a little bit now and talk about the tournament proper. Um, first game of the tournament, you know, we're playing against Canada. Like I said, I, I live in Canada. So, um, unfortunately for me, I had to watch on Canadian TV. And <laughs> you know, you know how it can be, you know, all the talk is about their own team. You know, the commentary is so biased, you know, towards their players. And, um, one thing was that they felt so confident before the game. You know, even though we had played them in Vancouver the year before, you know, they held on to the fact that they beat us in the first game, even though we drew the second match. You know, they're the Olympic champions, so the team is coming in with so much confidence. Um, how do you think we were able to perform so well against Canada in the opening fixture of the World Cup? Um, the way I've described the tournament to, like, my family and stuff, when they've asked me about, like, how good our performances was were when not many people believed in us, was all of us as a team... We just like had this real strong sense of like belief in one another. So going into Canada, obviously, like from a ranking point of view, like we weren't pipped as the team to win. But yeah. we had, we went in, even though we were quite defensive, we like everybody believed in what we were doing. So it wasn't ever like just because we're being defensive, it doesn't mean we're not trying to like win i think the good thing with us is like we can be in a really defensive compact shape but we have like the attacking players that have enough athleticism to be able to get up and back you know so like the, the same player that's recovering is also getting up in the attack and i don't even think that's just from a like i said this in a previous interview like people talk about our physical attributes a lot but i think it's also from like this will like this like mentality that we have as a team it's like you, I remember one of my first games, I think it was like, I want to say it's OC because OC always says things that really stick with me and it just about like we would die on the field. And at first when you hear that, you're like, my goodness, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of intimidating, but I really feel that. And when you're on the pitch, you feel as if like, because everybody is willing to put in a hundred percent to try and get a result it's like you're brought up by that so like when we were playing Canada it was like yeah there were some times when they really had momentum and they were you know in our defensive third a lot but I never felt as if like we're going to concede or we're going to lose this game and being a defender as well like sometimes you always ha you have to have the mentality of like you're not just defending you are there to be able to provide I guess like the catalyst to be able to go forward but in the yeah. same time as well I feel like it I think a lot of defenders will say this like if you have a goalkeeper behind you that you feel really confident in like even if they break our line I believe that it doesn't mean it's a goal because for me I feel like Chiamaka is somebody I've never like 
Schumacher is a goalkeeper, somebody that I've never really experienced before because there's been times like in my career where I'm, we'll have like a corner. And normally, like if I'm in my zone, I think I'm going to win the header in my zone. But she is like so confident at coming out and like punching things. Like she makes my job so much easier, you know. So like even in the, so, yeah, talking on that, like in the when we have corners and stuff, like I feel like I don't even have to do my job because she will like come out and punch everything, you know. So yeah. like when we were playing Canada, I'm like, yeah, they can have shots. But sometimes I like they take a shot and I'm like, uh, I like I turn around. And I'm like, I know she's gonna get it, you know. So it's that kind of belief. I think we all have in one another is like. We don't just leave it to people, but we we believe that everybody's like everybody is confident at the at the job that they've got to do. Mm. No, I'm amazing, and I mean I I back everything that you're saying about Chamaka. She gives even we the fans just so much confidence and just belief. Mm. Um, but in, in that game against Canada, there was a every moment that we had. You know, after playing a fantastic first half, we go in level. You know, goalless. Um, three minutes into the second half. Um, unfortunate bad tackle, you know, by um, our player, and then Canada get a penalty. Um, in that moment, you know, on the field, did you feel any nerves at that moment, or did you still believe that, you know, even if they had scored, we had everything that it took to come back in that game? Um, do you know, at that moment, because people always look at the person who gave away the penalty, but I remember before that even happened. Like, I believe I should have cleared the ball, like, not trying to let it go out. And I remember when it went in and Franny, like, got her... I didn't really see it. But when Franny, like, caught Christine Sinclair's leg um, and it went to VAR, Franny came over to me. She was, like, very upset. And I was like, you know when you see a teammate like that, you're like, you want to take the stress off off them because they haven't actually scored yet. You know, like, and also when you have the Tristan, I I thought Chumaka was going to save it anyway. I, I really did. So, like, there was a couple of us on our side who, like, I went to follow it in because I just believed that she was going to save it. So, like, I was trying to go for the rebound. But I remember when Franny was getting upset over, um, like, giving the penalty away. I was like, no, it's not you. And then people look at you, but it, I, I was like, I could have done better to help you so we couldn't put you in that situation. And so I just, in that sense, I'm like, sometimes you just have to, like, there's so many things you have to deal with in a game, but I think you have to control your emotions. And I was like, well, what's, how can I make her feel better at this point? Because I'm like, this isn't on you. Like, it's not her fault. There's so many things we could have done before that, including myself. So I just tried to take the stress away from her and just get her ready for the next thing. So like when she saves it, how can we make sure we're on the rebound so that they can't get an easy goal from a rebound, you know? So... Yeah. yeah, it was obviously a nervy moment, but I think as soon as she saved that, it was like the catalyst again to be like, yeah, we're in this and we can still get a result here. Mm. And Okay, let me ask you about your position, you know. Um, coach Randy Waldrum, if you don't know, he's a coach that gets a lot of slack, um, a lot of stick rather from Nigerian media, Nigerian fans. Now they grew to love him after this tournament. But before the tournament, you know, especially at the, at the WAFCON, um, a lot of people criticized him for playing you at left back. You know, they're like, oh, Ashley's not the quickest. You know, she's better as a center back. Um, and then we get to the World Cup again. And in the first game, we see you at left back and people are already ranting. Like, why is he doing the same thing? Hasn't he learned? You know, blah, uh -huh. blah, blah. Um, do you enjoy playing at left back? Because you do quite a good job there. Um, yeah, I'll be honest. I, I got very, very nervous to play there. Because obviously it's not, like, I don't play there ever. Like, at club, I never play there once last year, you know. It's only when yeah. I'm 
with the Super Falcons that I play there. And I think going into the tournament, I'll be real, I, I had to really manage my loading. Like I didn't train that much. Um, I had to do a lot of stuff off the pitch because I've been dealing with a, a niggle that I've had throughout the season. And um, I was a bit worried of like, you know, left back is a different kind of like that there's different demands on you at left back than there are at center back. And I was all in my head. I was just like, you know, I'm not really, I don't play here very often. We're playing against Canada in our first world cup game. And we need to try and get result from our first game. And all these things that go through your head, you know, going into a, into any game. But I think for me, I was just like, I just felt a lot of nerves. But the one thing though, with Randy is like, even when I brought this up to him, I was like, oh, I don't, I feel like I'll be, like sometimes I'm like mm, I'm, I'll play wherever you want me to play, but I'm like I think he had to reassure me a couple of times because I was so nervous. Um, and he always like he never once was like, no, you can't do it. Like he really believed in me to be able to do a job there. And I think when you have somebody that has that belief in you, that helped me anyway because obviously leading up to that game, I just I had I know I've been thinking about it for so long, and I'm like trying to keep myself in a position to be match fit because. I can't train like everybody else can. Um, yeah, it's um, he helped me a lot in that respect because obviously football is just as mentally tough as it is physically and I had to get, I had to process all of that going into that game. So, yeah, I still see myself. If, I, if somebody used to ask me, like, what do you see yourself as, a centre-back or a left-back? I do feel like I'm more of a centre-back, but um, when you're asked to do a job, you, you do the best that you can. And, and to be fair, I actually really enjoyed it. Like, I think sometimes at centre back you can be a bit restricted going forward, but I do like to get forward. To be honest, I mean in the England game I, I kind of had that freedom. You know, that's the other thing. Like Randy, just there's no, um, yeah, he doesn't put any like restrictions on me. He's like, just do you. And I'm like, yeah, when you go into a football game and you're like that, it's like, well, I'm not getting told off because I haven't been told not to do it. So let's just see. <laughs> And and that's one thing that I actually quite like about you. You know, even in the Australia game, um, being able to pick and choose when you make those runs forward versus when you stay back, you know, and just hold your your position to help the team. I think it's something that um, you were much better at, you know, um, critically speaking, this tournament than at the WAFCON. You know, because the times that you got up in this tournament, it was like, I could see that something was going to come out of your run and you're not just making a run for for the sake of it and at the same time you know even though oh Ashley's not the quickest but you weren't getting caught you know out of position you know at the back so I think that's something that really really improved you know with your game at left back in this tournament you know um and I mean ultimately was was a fantastic job you know um and speaking of the game against Australia I mean after playing the Olympic champions and playing a goalless draw we then have to face the host of the tournament another highly ranked team according to the FIFA ranking um I remember seeing before the game, I think the betting odds were like 21 for Nigeria to win. It was, it was something crazy. Like no one believed, at least none of the bookies believed that we could actually win this game. Um, playing against the host nation, I mean, we did that at the WAFCON against Morocco. But this time it's at the World Cup. Um, was there any added pressure from just playing against a team like Australia? Um, do you know what? I guess there was. But for me, the most, the pressure that I felt was the first game. Because it was like everything was unfamiliar. Like we needed to get a result against Canada. We it was my first game of a you know a World Cup, but against Australia. And I kind of felt like this when we played Morocco. In a sense, is 
when you're playing a team where everybody, like the majority of people in the stadium are not supporting you, is like, well, my goodness, you've got nothing to lose, you know. So we went into the Australian game and I didn't actually feel, I genuinely didn't feel that much pressure. And I don't know about everybody else, but it seemed as if like how we were playing as well, people weren't playing with pressure. Like everybody just was soaking up that experience. Like you're playing the host nation of a World Cup and this World Cup, because obviously there's been so much backing behind the World Cup. We were just, it was almost like in that game, we were just like relishing that moment. And I think that helped us in, in our performance because I don't think we were playing necessarily like nervy. And I think the nerves were more felt in the Canada game because it was all new. Like a lot of us, I'm trying to th- I can't, I don't know like the proportions, but there was a lot of us that it was our first World Cup, you know. So in your first yeah. game, you feel all this apprehension. But when you get a draw against the Olympic champions, you're like, well, well, what else can we do? You know, and that's how we felt against Australia. It's like, gosh, we can draw against them then what, who says we can't win? And I guess that shows in, in our performance and our belief in that game against Australia. No, yeah. And I mean, getting that win, you know, in the tournament was obviously a massive boost for us. Um, but even f- from a fan's perspective, you know, the reality is whilst we've been to every World Cup, you know, since it started, we haven't won that many games, you know. For So for us, you know, being fans, we were very excited to see that we could defeat a team like that. And then in the Ireland game, you know, we essentially had our fate in our own hands. Um, we made a draw to qualify for the next round. And if we won, you know, we'd have topped the group. So did you feel any sense of disappointment, you know, when we weren't able to win that game? Or did you were you just happy that, you know, we still got the job done and qualified for the knockout round? Um, yeah. Do you know what? After that game, I think a lot of us actually felt quite disappointed, which is a shame because it was like, we went into that game, we went into every game trying to win, but especially that game, when we knew that we could top the group, it was like, that was a really good incentive for us, you know? And I think at first, like in the first half, we struggled with, they played a different formation and we allowed bigger gaps to occur than we had in previous games. And I think we almost like got frustrated with ourselves quite quickly in that game. But, at the same time, I think we were reminded at the end, it's like Ireland are still a high-ranked team. I know it was their first experience in, in a World Cup and we, you know, we didn't concede, we didn't lose, but we were, I think we finished the game, we were like, Ugh, you know, like if we, you know, if we got a goal or something, it would have been nice to have, yeah, it would have been nice to top the group. But I also was like, I knew, I don't know, I just had this feeling that we were end up gonna we were going to end up playing England. I just... I just knew that would happen. I don't know why. Like as soon as I saw that like group B and D were like, we'll be up against one another. I was like, Oh, okay. I was like, okay, this is going to happen, isn't it? So I, I was disappointed to not top the group. But then when I knew it was England after that, I was like, huh, this is actually quite nice, you know, in a way for me anyway. Um, But yeah, obviously playing Ireland, if we're just talking about that game, it was probably the most, out of those three group games, probably the most frustrating. Um, But that's not taking any credit away from Ireland because I think they did everything they could to try and get something. Like, they got their first point in a World Cup. So they went out, even though they knew they were going to be out of the tournament. They came up with a lot of fight and we knew they would. Because they're like us. I feel like they have a lot of, like, um, Ireland as a team and as a country are very, very passionate. So they play that way, the same way that we do. Um, so I knew that was always going to be a tough game as soon as I knew we were playing against them. No, yeah. And, and you know, the interesting thing for me was that 
um, whilst most fans had no faith in the team heading into the tournament, um, all of a sudden we draw against Ireland, and now people are upset that we didn't win the group. And it's 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 an interesting shifting dynamic, you know. But at the same time, I, I think it's I can't keep up with fans sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it, it speaks to the job that you girls did at the at the World Cup because you know people are. I remember I had a live program right after the game, and people are like, "Oh, they messed up." You know, why didn't they win the group? And I mean, it would have been great because we've never won our group in the tournament, so it would have been a fine one for us. But at the same time, you know, when you look back at the previous times that we people made out of the group. I mean, a lot of people talk about our um, quarterfinal finish um, in the 90s. But then that was also straight from the group stage into the quarterfinals because there just wasn't a round of 16 at the time. You know, even in 2019, when we reached knockout round, we finished as the third place team, but we had to depend on another team losing to qualify. Yeah. So this was still a progression, you know, from a better performance than, we, than we've previously always had. And then, I mean, getting drawn up against England, of course, came with another set of nerves for the fans. You know, but like you said for yourself, um, it was an exciting one. Um, were you were you going into that game, you know, texting people on the English team like, "Oh, I'm going to beat you," you know? How how was the feeling for you before the game? Um, I actually texted like I messaged a couple before we even knew we were drawn against one another because I knew like we were based in Brisbane, and then. England were in a hotel like not far from us so I actually wanted like a lot of the girls I've either played with or played against um and I wanted to be able to see them so I remember messaging uh I messaged Alessia first Alessia Russo and I was like oh you know like it would be nice if we can meet for coffee and then I messaged Lotta as well because I played with, with both of them and Lotta Wubamoy was like oh we can't I think it was either her or Alessia I can't remember who said this now but they were like oh we can't meet people a day before the game or something. I think that was the only time I could have seen them, I'm pretty sure. Um, so, unfortunately, I, yeah, I couldn't see them or anything. And I, there was no, like, trash talk or anything like that. Like, um, yeah, I, I really like them as, like, people and players. I Honestly, I have a lot of respect for them. Like I said, I know them as, as friends before even, like, being ex-teammates or anything like that. So, um, yeah, I didn't speak to any of them first. There was obviously messages from my family. Like I got a lot of stick from family members or friends back home who were like sending me England flags and you know. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I've no. had a lot. Of I've got back saying like, "Oh, we wanted to, you know, yeah, we support England, but it was hard. We were torn because we want to support you." I'm like, I know, I know, but ultimately, you wanted England to win. I get, I get it, you know. So, yeah. um, yeah, it was nice though. Like as soon, like I said, as soon as. I knew we were drawn against one another. I was just really excited for it. Like, obviously, there's always pressure because it's a World Cup, but I just felt really grateful in that moment that I was able to to come against the team that I've I've represented and I've been born and grown up here, you know. So all I wanted to do was just save the moment. And it was actually during the the national anthem where I got quite emotional. And I I got emotional, actually, when... So the English national anthem was on first. And I got emotional at that point because I was like, I can't believe I get to like stand alongside my teammates here, like my Super Falcon teammates playing the team that, you know, I'm here and I hear about the Lionesses all the time, right, rightfully so. But like I get to be alongside this like strong, determined, resilient group of women who have taught me so much and I've grown so much from this experience already. It's only been a short period of time and I get to play like the nation I was brought up in, I, I got emotional because I just felt like overwhelmed with 
with gratitude, I guess. I just, I soaked up that whole, honestly, that whole experience of, of that. I didn't want the game to end. Like, it was 120 minutes. I felt like, and I, like I said, I've been struggling with my body. Like, I, I, leading up to that game, I didn't train. I think I trained once between the Ireland and England game. Like, I, yeah. I really didn't do much because I was just trying to get through with my body. Um, you know, I was like, I don't know how. I had to have a lot of chats with Randy, and he was always like, really really receptive and listening he was just like whatever you need to do you do because some coaches you know I do think if it, potentially if I was on a different team I might not have even got selected to go genuinely that's what I think but I think like Randy had this understanding that you know to get the best out of Ash she needs a completely different training schedule and training load which um, I'm really appreciative of that because then I got to you know play the games I was able to play play against England honestly I felt like I could have played way more than 120 minutes I was just like adrenaline fueled you know I just loved every second of the game and obviously when it gets the penalties it's tough but um yeah that game was probably the most enjoyable game I've ever played yeah really oh that I mean that that's amazing and and to be fair like I've been I mean I'm still young so I've been watching but I've been watching the Falcons for quite a number of years now and even in games that we've won four nil you know five nil I still believe that the game against England is the best game I've ever watched. You know, playing wow. against a team that is ranked so highly, you know, a team mm-hmm. that a lot of people around the world expect us to lose to. And we mm-hmm. bossed them. Like, we bossed them. We dominated the game. I think you also chose that game to have your best game of the tournament, even though you had done quite well in the, in the three previous matches. You know, and you were this close to scoring your first World Cup goal. How how did you feel when that when that shot cannoned off the bar? Um, honestly, surprised because I don't ever get that high at the pitch to like have a shot, you know. So as soon as it bounced down, and I knew that like the bounce was going to be nice, and my momentum because I was like running full pelt, I was like, I was going to go for, the, you know, like well, again, I just had that mentality of like why not? Um, and then I felt like how I struck the ball, it felt nice. And then I kind of, there was a couple of plays in the way. So initially I was like trying to follow the ball and I saw Mary, the goalkeeper, like jump up for it. And then the next second, yeah, hit the bar and it was, but then it was weird because it wasn't over. Like the ball was still in play and I got another opportunity after that. But yeah, I must say when I was on the plane journey home after the World Cup, I watched that shot so many times. I shouldn't have, but I watched it so many times just thinking like, you know, if only. (laughs) If only, you know, it would have been, it would have been a great moment. And I remember watching the game when that shot hit the bar. I was like, we are actually doing this. Like, you know, it gave me that boost of, like, we're actually dominating these girls. And, I mean, it was such a fine performance. You know, they barely had chances. I mean, there was so much talk about Lauren James before the game. I mean, rightfully so. She had a great game against China, and she's a fantastic player. You know, but we were able, I mean, shout out to Halimaz Wainbe. You know, we were able to do such a great job on her. And she mm-hmm. was essentially ineffective in the in the whole time she was she was on. I mean, um, kudos to you girls. You know, I, I will say like that game brought a new a new level of confidence to Nigerian fans. You know, um, believing that you know with the team that we have now, we can actually take on anybody in the world and expect to go and dominate the game. Um, mm-hmm. I want to ask you about the whole um, tactical aspects. You know, during the World Cup. What kind of impacts, you know, you've said about the impact that Randy Waldrum had on just yourself, you know, um, managing you on a personal basis to be able to do well at the tournament. Um, but what kind of impact do you think he had on the entire team? Because, again, he's been criticized for his tactics in the past. And 
in every game of this tournament, we were set up so well tactically, you know, to face the opponents. And there was no game that it looked like we were going to lose. You know, in fact, it felt like we should have won more than we did. So what kind of um, job do you think Rand Wardrum did there? Mm. Yeah, so the first three games, we pretty much had a very similar tactical approach to every game. It was like quite defensive, like making sure that he worked on with us the our low block quite a lot. Um, so we all had a good idea, like defensively, what we were going to do. And I think to be fair, at times, some people were frustrated because it's like, we are so defensive. It's like, can we still be able to get the opportunity opportunities that we want going forward, you know, because mm. defending for long periods of time is hard. But yeah. to be fair, I think at times Randy believed in things when we probably might not have. Like, I think there were sometimes doubts of, you know, can we sustain this defensive pressure and be able to, like, not only from, like, a physical perspective, because it's tiring having to defend the whole time, especially when you're, like, the momentum's always against you. It's like, when you win it back, can you keep the ball and, you know, like, not just hoof it away and then have to defend again, you know? But I think we all really stuck to, like, our defensive responsibilities really good. And I think that also comes from, like, communication is huge, but it's also very hard when you're, like, playing in front of so many people, you know? It's like whether people can hear you or not, but... I think there's some things that come with like the more that you play with somebody, the more you know, um, you know how they play and how they want to defend and stuff. And I think we were able to build that um, through training because we did a lot of repetition of defensively doing stuff. But um, I guess when we played England and we changed the tactics and um, it was more of a high press, like I remember when Randy said we're going to do we're going to have a higher starting position. I feel like the general consensus of the team was like, yes, you know, like we were all excited to be able to like, not just, even though we were sitting to the game plan, it was like, we were all excited to be able to like put pressure on people and make it difficult and then win the ball higher up. And um, in all fairness, we did the right thing at the right time. I felt like, because I, um, I think, somebody from the England team said to one of our coaches, they were like, yeah, we were just preparing. They were, they said that they were just preparing us to be in a like defensive formation and in a low block. So they were going into our game. They were just practicing in possession stuff. But, you know, when we put pressure on their, their back line that they couldn't do as much necessarily in possession, I think it probably came as a surprise to them. So it was probably good that we decided to take that approach when we did rather than earlier in the tournament, because then they might have been more prepared for it. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it was exciting. It was really exciting to be part of like a, you know, a high pressing team with this team because I haven't done it that much. Like a lot of the time, we are quite defensive. Um, but yeah, it was, yeah, it was fun. No, yeah, and I mean, I have to give kudos to Randall Wardrum for that because it was. It definitely came as a surprise to we the fans, and I mean, it obviously shocked England. You know, who would have thought that playing against England was the game that would have the most shots you know our most ball possession you know everything and they obviously were not prepared for that you know the high press worked so amazingly well we had opportunities you know unfortunately football can just be like that sometimes when it doesn't happen for you you know and then we get to the penalty shootout and um i mean we we all know what happened but from i think from a fan's perspective i'm probably saying for the players once we missed the first two pens it was kind of like okay i guess it's not gonna be a day today you know 
<laughs> because then you have to start hoping that they're going to miss as well, you know. Yeah. And it just seemed like things weren't going so well. Um, I, I was expecting you to take a penalty, honestly. Why, why didn't you t- take one in that game? Um, do you know what? In all fairness, I feel like coach always asks, you know, who wants to take one? And, like, I was there, but I wasn't really like, yeah, yeah, I want to take one, you know. Because, in all fairness, the last time I took a penalty in this kind of situation was against Morocco. Yeah. And even though I scored, my penalty against Morocco was not very good. So I feel like that was the last time, like, yeah, people were like, so, yeah, but you scored. So I'm like, I get you. But I felt as if, because I was, I think, eighth in line to take one. I felt as if the people who were, like, confident to take it, I was like, yeah, fine. Like, if you feel confident to take it, I'm, like, not going to stand in your way, you know. So yeah. that's how I felt. And, you know, it gets the penalties. And I genu- I stood there and I was just like, whatever will be, will be. That's how I generally felt. Like, I can't put any more pressure on myself or anybody else around me because I feel like in that situation, it's like the universe does its thing, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, we lost. You know, shout out to all the players that took pens on that day. Anything can happen, you know. Um, but something something incredible from my own point of view, I think, happened after that game. Um, even though we lost the match, we were out of the World Cup, the reaction from the fans, from the general public, was so positive and so amazing. You know, like, everyone is like, we're proud of the team. You know, they've done so well. You know, um, how, how did that reaction make you feel, you know, to just know that people still appreciated your efforts in, in the World Cup? Yeah, huge. Obviously, um, I know it sounds like kind of cliche, but people are like, you know, we really support, like we really appreciate all the support from the fans and stuff. But um, I don't know. I just, me personally, I'm huge on actually having like fan involvement. Um, I think it's really important. I think it's a responsibility as players to um, give time back, time and energy back into the fans because um it changes like without them um the game completely changes it's not what it is you know so um to have that level of following and support throughout the whole tournament like not just you know the England game you know um but actually having it throughout and even when we were playing against like Australia I remember there was like a little group of like Nigerian fans like and they were still so loud I'm thinking like you were drowned out by thousands you know of Australians but you could still hear them and just seeing how passionate they were I'm like this amount of people pay their money to come watch us and show that much passion it's like the least we can do is actually like give them our time that's how I feel and I I do feel like there's a a good synergy between us both like being part of this team isn't not isn't just like playing football for the team it's like everything that encompasses it and I feel like you know when we perform well and um or just even if we lose but we we put in a really good fight and they know that we're trying our very best I feel like just giving the fans something to like be happy about or excited about just for a short amount of time goes a really really long way so um yeah the support honestly the support and the amount of backing from Nigerian fans is not anything I've ever experienced before. Yeah, it's a different kind of support, that's for sure. And and that's that's great to hear. And shout out to all the Nigerians that made it to Australia, you know, for backing the team. Yeah. You know, and, and speaking of um just being a part of the team is more than playing football. You know, I, mm. I want to ask you about um the songs that we sing before before the games, you know. You've been part of the team, I think you've been part of the team for long enough now to have mm. learned 
you know, some of these songs. So which song would you say gets you the most hyped, the most pumped up, you know, while the team, I mean, it's mostly praise and worship, but still, you know, which song gets you the most hyped before a game? Um, <laughs> you know what? I actually, um, I, <laughs> sounds silly, but before every game, I cried. Um, and when everybody is singing, like when we sing on the bus and then like go into the stadium, I think like sometimes people, like some of the fans have commented on videos of when we're walking in and they've commented on me and like, you know, like people are like, oh, what is she doing? Or like, she's not like really. And sometimes like, I remember the, I think it's like either first or second game. I had my head down quite a lot because there were so many cameras while we were coming in. I was like like crying like I got the bus, the bus and I was like really emotional um but only because like when and like I said it's happened like before every game of the World Cup I just felt like an overwhelming sense of like I don't know like camaraderie like I felt as if again it was like that feeling of representing something bigger and it just made me really <laughs> emotional so even though like it's a very happy I'm not sad I'm just like crying because I feel so like grateful and happy and feel like I'm a part of something like so much bigger so everybody's like happy to like singing like smiling and I'm like <laughs> you know like <laughs> but not in like a bad way just that's just how I am I'm a very sensitive and emotional person like I get I'm deeply impacted by the people that I'm around I'm a big believer in connection yeah. through people um and that's what I feel being on the team. So I don't necessarily, like, I do know some of the words, kind of. I actually have, I remember asking a physio to send me the lyrics because sometimes I'm like, I don't know if I'm actually understanding the right words necessarily. But um, yeah, most of the time I'm just like, I'm in it, but I'm not necessarily getting hyped. I just feel like um, grateful in that moment. <laughs> okay, okay. that that That's good enough. Um, you know, and I mean, you're allowed to show emotion at the end of the day, you're a human being, you know, and I think one thing that I really like about, you know, this with you is um, you keep on referencing the fact that it's, you know, for something bigger than just yourself and playing football. And I mean, that's, I think that's the kind of passion that we want from all our players, you know, to understand that at the end of the day, hey, there's 200 million plus people that are believing in you and are backing you. And, you know, as long as you give everything, I'm sure we'll be, we'll be happy. Um, Okay, and I remember the last time we, we spoke, you know, we did an interview. Um, I asked you to speak some Yoruba, you know, and then we did a little bit of practice. So has your Yoruba improved since then? Yeah, you know what? I asked Monday on one of the buses to, uh, bus rides to training. I asked um, Monday to, like, she was teaching me things, but I like to, like, be able to read it. So I know exactly what I'm pronouncing. Oh. So we went through, like, every day, actually, Deborah would always ask me. She would always say Bowany to me. Deborah would every day. Um, and then I'd always say, like, Ekaro, Ekale, um, Ekason. Um, I have a list. So I'm, I'm going through it in a minute, but I'm just trying to learn, like, you know, a certain... Like, like Monday was like, you need to know certain words that like could just get, you can get by with, you know? And then some people are like, um, um, like, they speak to me in pigeon. Like somebody, it's one of the, it was a, I think a journalist or something was like, can you just speak pigeon for me? Just like, 
I was like, I don't really know loads right now. I think one of the next things, like at my new club, I'm going to have, I've already said, said to my, um, my dad, I was like, I really want to like take time to be able to learn Yoruba because I think it's important, but I already know like right now is just the basics. Like, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll come back to you in another two years to see how far you've, you've, you've grown. Yeah, but every day, every day, Deborah was like, Bawani, and I was like, I, I always had to go, Mowa, and then she was like, you can always say, Mowa, Dada, Mowa, and I was like, okay, I've got it, i got it, so every day, yeah. just, I shout out as long to as I have for, certain words. No, I say shout out yeah. to Deborah for assisting with that, you know, that, that, that's good to see. <laughs> um, okay, so what would you say of all the um, words, phrases, you know, in both Yoruba or Pidgin that you know right now, what do you think is your favorite, you know, thing to say, or even just to hear? Um, my favorite thing. Um, oh, okay. So one time we were talking about like eating, and I honestly, I was st- even now when I say it to her, I'm still going to pronounce it wrong. But Deborah every day was like when we would go to eat, she was always like, "I'm going to pronounce this wrong," but so you have to okay. correct me. But it was like I found it really hard to say was. Is that right? Yeah, I found it really hard to be able to say, but that's probably my favorite just because it sounds different than the other words that I've had to learn. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, for anyone watching, excuse the break in transmission that we had. You know, um, you'd obviously see that Ash is in a different position now, um, but we'll just continue the conversation and wrap it up um, fairly quickly. Um, we've of course already spoken about the women's World Cup, so right now we're just asking out the questions about you know her life and you know just everything in between. Um, I think one question that the fans saying that I think would be um, great for you to respond to is, in terms of Nigerian football, you know being a part of the Super Falcons, um, you've mentioned a lot about something bigger than you, um, you know. But what what would you say is the one thing that you've learned? You know, the one thing that has stuck out to you the most that you've learned from your time playing for Nigeria? Hard to pick just one thing, but honestly, what, um, how, like, basically, as a group, I've never realized, like, my potential until being around such like inspiring women genuinely I feel as if I'm like pulled up by all of them I guess like fans don't really get to know the players specifically but um I think in so many different ways we are like a a family and Mm. they are like all the players they it's like we we're sisters you know like and I know we don't speak to each other a lot when we're outside of camp but it's like we're we feel as if I feel like everybody can say this like we feel like we're representing something way bigger than ourselves and I know people will say like you know from our performances and stuff that you can be inspired by a good performance but for me I feel as if like like when I stop playing football I won't remember like the the games like that we won it's like I always believe in like the way that I was able to feel and I feel as if that I'm quite 
you know, like everybody else, like I lack confidence in some areas, but the things that I'm able to realize that I'm capable of doing when I'm surrounded by good people who um, have the belief and determination to do things, even when there's like adversity, I feel as if that kind of those feelings and the things that you realize about yourself, like it all comes to me is like the things I learn about myself as a person um, from being around others that bring you up is just um, something you could not like put a price tag on, you know, like for me, I've, I, I cherish every moment with them because I know how much I'm, I grow from being around those women who like, if it wasn't for making the decision to be able to try and like, to switch my allegiance I never would have I never would have got to experience this and I feel like it's a vital part of like my next chapter of like my life now like the experiences I've had with that team and the things that we've like kind of gone through as a team has have helped me not like take away football like I always take away like take football aside me as a human being and the things that I'm like I feel like I'm passionate about comes from and is only elevated by the people that I'm around. And yeah, I honestly just so grateful to be around those women because I don't think people truly know how resilient, resilient they are. And, you know, um, another question I was asked by a fan, um, would you say no regrets, you know, choosing to play for the Super Falcons? <laughs> honestly, I've had so many people be like, you know, if you could, would you switch back to England? I'm like, People, people just don't, like I say things that people don't really listen. Like they make their own, you know, reason up, you know, like I don't, I don't play football just to try and like play for the best team. Or I, I'm so, I'm honestly, I feel quite different to a lot of people. Like my ambitions in football are not necessarily just to win something tangible. Like yeah. football is a, a part of my life journey. Like I feel fulfilled when, like I, I keep repeating, be but when I can be a part of something bigger and I can like connect with people on a way that I'm not able to, like the people I come across in football are not, like I wouldn't get to meet them if it wasn't for football, you know? So if I'm like, people say, oh, why wouldn't you go back to England? Like you're not understanding the reason that I made the decision to play for Nigeria in the first place. Mm. Like for me, I would be playing. So I get quite passionate about this because it's like people only hear what they want to hear. But I, if I wasn't playing for Nigeria, I wouldn't be playing for anybody. Like there would be no, like, I wouldn't be playing for England. It would be like that or no international football. That's what I mean. It's like, ugh, like, yes, I enjoyed my time with England when I did, but I, the reason I play for Nigeria is for it's what gone. I mentioned before. Yeah. It's like, ugh, people just need to listen but to yeah, me. I, I, I love, I love, I love the passion that you, that you have for it, you know? And I think it's, maybe it's just a little bit out. Should I, I wouldn't say weird, but, it's different for people to hear someone say, oh, I, I'm not just playing to win, you know? And mm. that's why I think maybe sometimes people people feel like, oh, she's just saying that, you know? But um, I mean, I've spoken to you about this a number of times now, and I can tell that you really, really mean what you, what you say. And that's one of the things that makes me like you because we, you know, we want to see that commitment, that passion, you know, and just the depth, you know, in, in your words and in your thoughts. I think it's, it's, it's really incredible, honestly. Yeah, honestly, I I don't I don't just play just to play. Like every time I step out on Nigeria, obviously I want to win, 
but there's so much beneath that as well. Like I don't just, I wouldn't just like sell myself just to win something. Like I think people forget is like very much the journey and the people you're connecting with as well. It's not just like having something that you can win and put on, you know, your mantelpiece and keep there. Like that's not what it's about. It's about the yeah. journey you make on it. That's what I'm trying to emphasize. Okay. Okay. And um, I mean, kind of wrapping things up now. Um, I, I have to ask this question, even though I hinted at it before we started recording. Um, you, of, of course, you know, um, ended your contract with Leicester City, you know, expired contract. You didn't renew. Um, so everyone is wondering what next for Ash, what next for Ashley, where is she going to play? Can you give us a little bit of a hint? You know, is there anything that we can hear about that? <laughs> um yeah it's hard because i can't actually like reveal the team yet because it's not been announced um but yeah like the the team that i'm going to um it's the same thing i kind of just spoke about in terms of like my my reason for playing for nigeria like um the team that i've chosen i was completely sold by the coach so um i wasn't I'll be honest, I wasn't actually interested in the team initially. <laughs> um, like when my dad brought it up to me, I was like, no, I'm, I'm, I don't have interest in, in going, genuinely. And then I, I had a call with a coach and we spoke about the things I just said. Like we spoke about more than football, the things that we want to do in football, the, the impact, I guess, that I want to have, the connections I want to make. And it just, this, where I'm going, just completely aligns with, with who I am and yeah it'll be it'll be difficult but I'm just yeah I'm excited I'm going I'm actually going abroad so I guess some people don't think that because there's been a lot of rumors you know and um yeah making the jump to to play abroad again and be away from my family is obviously a big thing but I just have a lot of fire in my belly about what I'm want to do with the the people but that I believe in like my coaches I'm not even being coached by yet and I, I love her. I think she's um, incredible and I can't wait to, to play for her and, and meet my new teammates who, yeah, I've never met before. So No, amazing, amazing. I mean, um, wherever you are playing, I mean, we'll of course be supporting you. Many Thank of you. our players play out. I don't think, now that I think about it, I think you're the only Super Falcons player that, um, player that actually is in England. You know, mm. so, I mean, it wouldn't be something different for us for you to move outside of England, you know. If you're yeah. going, I mean, if you're going to Spain, of course, that's where we have the host of our players. If you're going mm -hmm. to the States, we have lots of players in the States. So I'm sure wherever you find yourself, there'll be one or two Nigerian players. Even in France, we have players, you know, so I'm sure there'll be representation regardless. Um, okay, amazing. I think I had um, one or two more questions. So with regard to the Super Falcons, I mean, we've just played at the World Cup, reached round of 16, but we showed so much potential to do more. You know, I mean, the team that knocked us out, even though they knocked us out on penalties, they got all the way to the final. Um, of the games that they played, they scored in every game except against us, you know. Um, and I will say, and, and okay, the final as well. Um, but, you know, even before they faced us, they had scored in 18 consecutive competitive games, you know. So with the potential that this team has, what would you say, you know, from your point of view, needs to continue or needs to improve for us to be able to even take it up to the next level um yeah for us I think it's just having the opportunity to be able to train with one another more um obviously like you always want to play games but I think we need time to actually be able to like work on things tactically 
more yeah. have more like obviously we had that connection during the world cup but that has to be sustained you need like continue continuation of something that you've built like now this is i think i said this before but this is something that we want to be the foundation like we want to be able yeah. to keep that we don't want you know this just to be like a really good world cup and then we're not necessarily like building on it because we don't have the time to be able to train or we don't get enough time to train and be with one another and make sure that everybody's in camp you know at the same time and um we just need that we need that continuation now and that just comes from having us all together um to be able to go through tactical sessions technical sessions and know what like our philosophy is amazing and hopefully we can we can get that um, I mean, there's, a, of course, a lot of things in the news. I wouldn't ask you about what I know you cannot respond to. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I will say hopefully we're able to just have the continuity of even the coach being able to stay on with the team, you know, and hopefully the guys at the top can fix up and do the right things and, you know, keep the players happy as well as uh, making sure our football progresses in the right direction. Um, okay. And then final question about the World Cup. I mean, by reaching one of 16, you know, you ladies earned yourselves $60,000 um, from FIFA. So if, if I may ask, what's the first thing that you're going to buy when you receive your prize money? <laughs> oh, um... Good question. I'm not really a... Put it in my savings. I don't <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, I want my... When I move to my new club, I really want my family to be able to come out. So um, just getting flight tickets for them, I guess. Okay, amazing. I, you know, you seem like such a simple person who just wants to wants <laughs> to be happy and comfortable. And I think it's, it's refreshing to see, you know. And of course, um, I wish you all the best. Um, if there's anybody watching this video, you know, old fan, new fan, um, someone that would watch this video and become your fan, What's your what's your message to people out there? Um, my message is just be you. I know it sounds really simple, but just I, I'm very passionate about like people just being who they are. Like be your authentic self and enjoy the kind of connections you can make with other people by being you. That's oh, it. Amazing. Um, great to hear. Thank you very much for joining me, Ashley. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Always enjoy conversations with you. So this was another good one. Um, thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you for bearing with me with my phone issues. <laughs> no, no problem at all. No problem. I, I mean, at least we got we got the important parts and we got everything asked. Um, yeah. For anyone that sent in questions, if I wasn't able to take it, I, I apologize. Um, we only had so much time. Um, but yeah, thank you very much, Ashley. Thank all you. Right, bye.